1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to get stuck into our round 23 rapid review. A bit of a weird week as far as the NRL goes. Obviously a shit tonne of points scored. I think I saw a stat uh, that it was the highest scoring round since uh, the 16 team competition. So pretty wild there since I think that was 2007 when the Gold Coast Titans came in. So uh, crazy that over the last 15 years or whatever the hell that is, the highest uh, scoring week of that time. So, crazy. Uh, obviously, a lot of blowouts this week, as we said. So many points being scored. So, uh, the rapid review. I'm not sure how long we'll go for today, to be perfectly honest with you. Obviously, um I mean, there's a lot of teams that they were shit, and it sort of just is what it is, unfortunately, especially a lot of teams that are out of contention. There are a couple of teams uh, that got hammered that are still sort of fighting uh, to compete for a premiership this year or to be relevant, so we'll touch on those guys uh, in a little bit more depth, but it sort of is what it is. Bit of a weird week, round 23, but let's get into the first game of the week. The South Sydney Rabbitohs took on the Penrith Panthers on Thursday night. I really enjoyed this game, and I remember at the end of this game sort of sitting there going, fuck, this is going to be one hell of a week, a start. Normally your Thursday nights are a bit of a shit fight. Um... I think it's the I think I just read something. It's like the fifth out of the six week in a row that Thursday night games have been an upset. So South Sydney were the favourites in this one. Penrith obviously missing a couple of troops. They were pretty far out. Uh, but once again, just shows how important Dylan Edwards is to this team. He was incredible. He had a try saver on AJ. Uh, just had a great game all round as per usual. Probably the biggest talking point out of this one was that Coach Ivan Cleary kept Apicurusel, uh off the bench in this one, which. Uh, was interesting. I, I, I like the move to be honest with you. I think he knew that this one was gonna be really, uh really tight through the middle to start the game. South Sydney, their bench is probably a little bit weaker than what they would like at the moment, whilst Tom Burgess is out, so I didn't mind it, to be honest with you, and this is why I said during the origin period that I would have liked to have seen Appy come off the bench for the New South Wales Blues. I, I could not fathom why we were starting him and keeping Cook on the bench. It just made no fucking sense to me, and I think this was a good example why. As soon as Appy came on and there was some tired bodies around, he dominated, and of course, back into the game, he comes up uh, with the match-winning play. So, sensational to see. Great coaching. Uh, And Appy was unreal. I was so impressed with him. I thought Spencer Leneu coming off the bench, he was really, really good. I was very impressed with him. He hasn't got as many minutes as what I probably think he should have over the last few weeks. Um, But, yeah, I I thought he was great in this game. Sean O'Sullivan kicked a pretty handy 40-20. Yeah, a good win by... The Penrith Panthers, Uh, Jamin Salmon over on the right edge, sort of didn't get as much ball out to Stephen Crichton and Brian Toto as they would have liked, but I also think there was a lot of times where Salmon got the ball and it wasn't really on for them. I thought South Sydney's edge defense on that side was pretty decent, so the thing I like about Salmon, instead of just throwing the ball willy-nilly to someone that's not in a better position than him, he's just willing to take the hit, so probably not going to be a guy you're going to build a club around as a six, but I think he's done a pretty good job over the last few weeks. Obviously, Falls hasn't come into this side, Uh, so credit to Jamin Salmon, I think he's done well. For the Bunnies on the other side of the ball, uh, I thought they played well. We obviously had uh, the... A pretty poor game from young Paulo, which was uh, which, which was disappointing, and uh, I'm sure a lot of South Sydney fans probably feel like he potentially cost them the game or whatever it might be. Look, he didn't have a good game. Shit happens to people. Uh, the reaction off the back of it has been incredibly disappointing, though I cannot believe the way that some fans have carried on. And If you are one of those people that has messaged Jackson or any of that, please unfollow the podcast, unfollow it all, because you're an absolute dropkick. Very, very disappointing how that has played out. But fantastic to see so many of the South Sydney Rabbitohs boys coming out in support of Jackson and being vocal on social media, it's great to see so uh, we do wish Jackson Paulo all the very best, obviously all that shit after the game, but then during the game he had a poor game, he knows it Um, so we wish him all the very best, I would probably suggest, and I suggested it before the game that Isaac Thompson uh, should probably come in on that wing and I think he probably will uh, next week, I believe he was carrying an injury this week so I think he will come in I thought Damian Cook was strong, Cody Walker was very good as well, Uh, Latrell Mitchell, his hands are just unbelievable Some of the passes he's able to throw, he actually threw a few to the ground the other night, which is very unusual in the second half. But throughout the game, some of the passes that he throws to Alex Johnson were just... Unbelievable. The way that he just flicks it out of his hands and he he, he just creates an overlap out of nowhere when it's not on Luttrell. So you saw how fired up he was when he kicked that goal from the sideline. Just great to see. Absolutely loved that. And then, of course, got penalised at the back end of the game. Uh, that one where he there was no dummy half, so he dived on the ball. It's a real grey area in rugby league. And I feel I feel sorry for Luttrell in that moment because... I think that if the dummy half isn't ready to pick up the ball, you should be allowed to attack it there. But the reality is that they penalise that every single time. And even if you're in the right, because it doesn't look... Normal, they normally penalise that sort of shit. So, I, I wish it was something that we could get a little bit more black and white now. Game, I mean, as far as I'm concerned at the moment, it is pretty black and white. You get penalised for it every single fucking time, but I don't think the referees in the NRL could really explain why you get penalised for that every single time. It does seem to be a bit of a grey area to me. I'd like them to um, be really clear on that rule because, as far as I'm concerned, if your team plays the ball and your dummy half isn't there, tough shit you should be able to dive on the ball if they're not ready for it. And they weren't in that situation. So felt sorry for them there. They obviously kicked the penalty goal off that, and it sort of decided the game there. Uh, And then Appy, he landed the knockout blow. So a really good win for the Panthers. South Sydney um, lost the game, but... You know, I really wouldn't take a heap out of it. Um, there is the argument that South Sydney lost to a Penrith side, missing all their superstars. But in my opinion, most teams lose to Penrith without their superstars. I just think they're that much of a good footy side. Next time, like South Sydney, if they're going to win a comp this year, they're going to have to play this team again. They've shown in the past that they can get damn close to beating them in just one-off. So I wouldn't be ruling South Sydney out or putting the Sharpie through them or anything. I think it's just one of those games. Penrith are fucking good. South Sydney are good too. Uh, and, you know, on their night, I think they can get Penrith if they play their absolute best game. So we'll see how it all plays out. But Penrith, I just can't see anyone beating them at the moment. They're just incredible. Once they get all the boys back in the halves, they're going to be really, really dangerous. All right, Thursday night, Cowboys 48 over the New Zealand Warriors 4. Um... What do you say here? Another pretty disappointing one. Um, the Cowboys absolutely gave it to them. Chad, I thought he was very, very impressive. I thought he was outstanding in this game. Uh, there's been a lot of calls for him to be the buy of the year, and I really don't think there's too many arguments about it. I've been so impressed with Chad Townsend this year. Um, it's just the control he has, and then he showed us a sort of upside that he had the other night. Very impressive. Thought his hardest partner, Tommy Dearden, very strong as well. Uh, Jeremiah Nano, he was a dollar seventy to score a try and fucking shock me he did score a try but how on earth this guy just keeps on doing what he's doing and is unbelievable, and He's just like no one we've ever seen before. Thought Val Holmes was fantastic. Obviously, had a really big Super Coach game, as I'm sure all of you keen Super Coaches would have seen. Very, very impressive. Uh, I thought Cohen Hess. He was great too. It's probably the best game I've seen Cohen Hess playing quite some time. And Luciano, the way, he started on the left edge. Very, very damaging. Scored a try there. He was very impressive. We actually hijacked this game. Did the live commentary. So if you would like to go and have a listen to our live commentary, I uploaded on the podcast a couple of days ago. A uh, bit of a giggle. Obviously, it was a bit of a smashing, and we were sort of chasing. Saying, and game multis and super coach and everything, uh, but a good bit of fun. Look, the Warriors, uh, they had a good win last week at Mount Smart. I think we all sort of saw this coming. It was going to be hard to get up again when you're going from Mount Smart all the way to North Queensland. It was always going to be a tough gig in New Zealand. I just think they've got their eyes on next season now. So um, I don't, they're one of those teams I can't really say much about them. They played really shit. We kind of saw it coming. Um, they played a good quality side in the North Queensland Cowboys. The arguments are there. Are the Cowboys beating good teams or are they just beating up on the bottom teams? I don't know. We've seen both this year. I still think the Cowboys are going to give the finals a real shake. But, uh, yeah, a real mismatch here. That's the reality of this New Zealand Warriors side at the moment. Um, Now, this one's interesting. The late game on Friday night. Melbourne Storm 60. Brisbane 12 I did not see this one coming I remember when we finished our hijack we um, KO flushed to the next game and Kevin Walters was laying down the law for his side and I I remember saying to my mate Nick that we hijacked with I said fuck look at Kevin he's really giving it to them here this will be interesting to see how they show up and I could not believe how poor they were. They got played off the park, Brisbane. Uh, Melbourne played well, but Brisbane were just fucking awful. I couldn't believe how poor they were. Uh, for Melbourne, I thought Harry Grant, he was great. Was probably his best game in a few weeks. The Storm back line, just as a whole, I think it was um, Xavier Coates that went off injured. I think everyone else scored a try, though. Uh, they were very, very impressive. Young Tottenham came into the side. He scored the first try. I just They just blew them away in the back. So I thought Jerome Hughes had a really good game as well. He was really strong. Munster, just had his little moments here and there where he pops up and he just creates something out of nothing. But I once again felt like Munster was having another one of those games where sort of Q was in the rack to some extent. I think that uh, he'll be waiting for the games when they're a little bit closer and he's going to really break them open during this final series. As far as the forwards go, um, I thought Nelson Osofosolomono playing out on that right edge, very, very dangerous. He's he's lethal at the moment. He, you can tell how confident he is. It's like he's realised how big he is. I thought Cheese was fantastic too, too. Um, Obviously, he was suspended a couple of weeks ago. We were very disappointed in that and the reason why he was suspended. But We were saying on Bloke in a bar the whole time that when he comes back, he'll be fresh. He'll be ready to go. And he's a guy that could sort of start to turn momentum for the Melbourne Storm. And, fuck, he certainly has. Cracking try he scored last week. He was unreal in this game, too. So... Um, yeah, the Melbourne Storm, they're heading in the right direction again. This game was well and truly over at halftime. It was done and dusted. I couldn't see a world where Brisbane could possibly get themselves back into this one. Um, but then they did have an opportunity to go into the change rooms, to listen to Kevin Walters, and to get themselves back up. Their season's on the line here. They could potentially fall out of the top eight still. So they're not safe by any means. And for them to come out at half time and concede six tries... I can't tell you how disappointed I was in the Brisbane Broncos. I'm very keen to see what Kempi thinks of this one. We'll be we will be recording bloke in a bar a little bit later today. The deep review of round 23. So looking forward to that. But yeah, Brisbane to concede six tries in the second half. That is a huge letdown, mate. I'll tell you what. The more time Pat Carrigan spends off the field, the better. The more that you realise how fucking good he is. Ah, uh, Kempi posed a question to me yesterday. Who would you rather sign, Pat Carrigan or Payne Haas? And More and more, I'm leaning to Pat Carrigan. I know the stats and everything indicate Payne Haas, but Carrigan's just a leader, and this is what this club needs at the moment. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else to say on Brisbane. They're one of those shit sides, one of those sides that played shit on the weekend. Sorry, they were awful. Um, It will be interesting to see the impact that this has on them moving forward. I wonder if this will be a game that we'll look back on in five weeks' time, four weeks' time, whatever it might be. Maybe even two weeks' time if they miss the eight and say that was the moment. This season fell apart. It'll be interesting. It might be the wake-up call the Brisbane Broncos need to snap them out of their bullshit the last month or so, which has been well below par from what they showed us that they can do throughout the year. I'll be very keen to look back in a couple of weeks... At this, at this loss, as we all know, the record goes, if you concede 50, you cannot win a premiership. Newcastle Knights conceded 49 in, in 2001, so it's not impossible. But we haven't seen a team bounce back from something like this. I don't think Brisbane can win the comp anyway, but it will be interesting to see what impact this loss has on them. I think they play the Parramatta Eels next week, coming off a big win. Uh, so that'll be interesting. We'll get to them now. Parramatta 42 over the Canterbury Bulldogs 6. Uh, I thought to open this game, Parramatta's right edge was sensational. Penasini and Wonga Blake. Uh, Wonga Blake have always said I think he's a better athlete than he is footballer. He definitely showed it in this moment too. Um, did some great things, Wonga Blake. Penasini was very strong as well. Uh, the Dogs did strike back here through Aaron Schopp. got a really good try off the scrum. Burton put him down the edge. Very talented, Aaron Schopp. I'm a big fan of him. Um... We then had Dylan Brown, who threw one of the balls of the season, I thought, to Civo. Uh Brown is just on another planet this season. He's doing incredibly well. You know, I think we forget when we look back at this game, it was only 16-6 at halftime. Parramatta are only up by 10. Canterbury, as much as they didn't really feel like they were in the game, they were on the score. they are only 10 behind. If they would have scored first, which would have been the conversation at halftime, we need to cross first. We need to get back in this game. And then, we, then all of a sudden, we're only down by six or four, whatever it might be. Then we can start to build something. Unfortunately... Parramatta just blew them away from here. I think they scored 28 unanswered points in the second half. Dylan Brown was everywhere. There was a try that he swept from the left-hand side to the right, and he picked up uh, Ryan Madison running a perfect line. That was sensational. Him and Gutho then put Opechik over a little bit later. And then came the moment of the game for me. I couldn't believe it. The kick that Mitch Moses put back through the ruck where sort of just dribbling into no man's land and Dill Brown came through and just gave it a little nudge with the right foot, I think it was. And of course, just just Dill Brown being Dill Brown, it sat up perfectly for him. Very, very impressive. And then only a couple of minutes later, they set each other up again. For me, it's a cracking sign of a good footy team when your halves are playing together like that, you don't see it all that often. Um, so good signs for Parramatta. Look, as we've said all year, this is who Parramatta are. They can be the worst team in the comp. They can be the best team in the comp. It just depends which side of the fucking bed they get out of, essentially, out on, essentially. So keen to see how they go next week against Brisbane. Uh, hopefully they can start to build towards the finals. All of a sudden you got forty two to six over the Dogs. They play Brisbane next week. If they're if they're just beaten to a pulp off the back of that Melbourne loss last week, all of a sudden you see Parramatta beat them. Then if Parramatta can beat the Melbourne Storm at home the week after, which Parramatta have shown in the past they're well and truly capable of doing, all of a sudden the most inconsistent team of the entire year has won three good games on the trot heading into finals. And all of a sudden we've got a different Parramatta Eels. Am I convinced that'll be them? No, I'm not. But I mean... There's a huge potential there for Parramatta to build something special going into finals. they can beat two top eight teams off the back of this win... Fuck, it could be interesting. Uh, Canterbury, one of those teams are out of contention, played pretty bang average, let's be honest here. Another team I was disappointed with that halftime, they were in this game or thereabouts, uh, came out in the second half and pretty much didn't land a blow. So always disappointing when you when you have it, when the coach is given an opportunity to talk to a team at halftime and try and fire them up, and they come up with duck eggs. Very, very disappointing. Uh, the next game, Can- Sharks 40, Manly 6, another one of these games. Manly officially out of contention now to play finals footy. Uh, very disappointing at Brookvale Oval. It's Kieran Foran and Daly Evans last ever game at Brookie together. So just to toss up what they did, incredibly disappointing. I was so let down by Manly this game. I thought Brookvale, surely they'll find something. Um, but once again... I really do think the Cronulla Sharks are the real deal this year. As I've said a few times, I've got them losing to the Penrith Panthers in the grand final. I think they're going to go on a bit of a run. And what they're doing at the moment, when you consider the injuries they've got as well, they're without Toby Rudolph, without Sifitalakai, Katoa's out. I mean, there's guys just missing from all over this place, and they're still putting on fantastic performances. Uh, The first try, Nico Hines scored. Vintage Manny Moylan here. Perfect chip over the top. He always kicks the ball in the weirdest ways possible. It's like he doesn't know how how to how to drop it from his hands to his toes. But he always just seems to hit it. Moylan. He's a little bit unorthodox, but he just makes shit work. Nico Hines on the right spot again. Spoke about it with Parramatta when your halves are working like this. It's a very good sign of a good football club. Yeah, when a confident side their halves are linking up like this and they're not they're not worried about who's playing what role, who's chasing, who's kicking. They're just trying to do the best thing for their team. Always a good sign. Royce Hunt scored a try off Blake Braley. Royce Hunt has been sensational this year. I've been so impressed with him. So happy to see where he is at at the moment. Uh, Moyes just scored another one himself just after that. Just saw an opportunity sliding defense. Took them on. Uh, And then there there was a play a couple of minutes later where um, (laughs) Hines threw. I said Dill Brown might have been the ball of the weekend. Nico Hines really did rival him him here. Uh, And I love the way that, once again, Moylan and Hines I love the white when this is what good teams do they get their strike player and this is what I don't understand why Newcastle don't do this I don't understand why the Tigers don't do this without Adam Dewey what they do with Nico Hines is they sat him about three meters deep of Matt Moylan he gets some dummy half and all he does is a simple half a meter pass but what he does is he hits Nico Hines at top pace all of a sudden he's on the front foot and the defensive line has to rush in on him I do not understand why so many of these teams on their real strike plays, why their strike player gets the ball from Dummy half, waiting in the air for it to get to them. that they, they then have to time their run with the pass. Whereas if you go to this one man and, play, and let him play the link man role with Matty and did on this play, really simple, really basic. The Melbourne Storm do it very well, especially with Ryan Pappenhausen. They're geniuses at it. They do it with Nick Meany now as well. I don't understand why more teams don't do it. It takes an extra half a second but your guy gets it exactly where he needs it on his chest, on the front foot and he doesn't have to slow down at all and you saw this ball that he was able to pass. The reason why the defense sucks in is because of the pace that he gets us at. We talk about running with tempo and ball playing with tempo. When Nico's going that quick, the defense has no choice but to react and it also draws your team up with him as well. So I love seeing that play, as I said. Moylan and Hines. I've been so impressed with them recently. Hines scored another try just after that. Andrew Fafita winding back the clock. I think he's been great this year. I think he's probably been better for the Cronulla Sharks off the field than what he's been on but fuck the last month or two he's been incredibly impressive on the field I'm not sure if he plays on next year for Theta but I think with an experienced head like him, I think they really can give the competition a shake this year. You need guys like him. I don't think he'll ever start or anything. I think he'll always be off the bench. I wouldn't even be surprised when they're at absolute full strength if he's not in the side. I think he will be, uh, but it wouldn't overly shock me. But he's been very, very impressive. Um, yeah, the last few tries, tough night for Smalley, obviously playing his second game of NRL. Had a bit of trouble cleaning up kicks and whatnot, uh, but that's first grade. It's tough when you're young. You're going to make errors and whatnot. DCA took an intercept to finish the night, but uh, pretty disappointing round by Manly. I just think they've got their eyes on Mad Monday. From what I've gathered, uh, there is a bit of pressure still building on Desi Hasler. So watch that situation. Not a happy camp at the moment. Okay, the late game. Saturday, Sydney Roosters 72 over the Tigers 6. Crazy, I was lucky enough to be at this game of the SCG. Had a couple of you that come up and said hello, so that was lovely. Had a couple of photos and whatnot. That was unreal. Always good to see you guys out at the footy. Probably don't go to as many as I should. Uh, But 72 to 6. We'll start with the Tigers. Really not much to touch on here. Uh, An absolute shit fight. It just... I don't know. It's, it's hard to get a read on where this club is sort of going. I hope that Tim Sheens and Benji over the next few years can turn this around. But at the moment, uh, it's getting a little bit embarrassing. I understand they're missing a couple of players. Obviously, Jackson Hastings, Luke Brooks, these sort of guys, good players. Uh, but there's other teams in this competition missing more and better players uh, and just handling their shit. Yeah, the Tigers, they're just in all sorts at the moment. The Roosters played well, no doubt about it. But the Tigers' defense was awful. Yeah. Um, the way they defended, they would have conceded a lot of points to a lot of teams in this competition the other night. Unlucky, they did it against the Sydney Roosters at the SCG. Um, but at the end of the day, it was 6-0 after 18 minutes. 6-0 after 18 minutes. Um, the next 62 minutes, it was like 68-0 or 66-0 or 666-6, sorry, off an intercept that they took. Just very, very disappointing from the West Tigers. Obviously, James Tamo got sent off in this one. Um I'm obviously very disappointed you guys know how I feel about this sort of stuff I think it's pretty bang average form from Tamo I had a West Tigers fan that said to me oh I'm just happy to see that he cares I'm going fuck are you serious like yes granted it shows passion and everything but fuck just show some passion in the first 75 minutes can we? I just I just think it's a very West Tigers way to express passion for your club yelling and screaming at the ref telling them they're incompetent you know and look I think this is a one off for James Tamo. he has been a great player uh, in rugby league for a very long time he, he helped me sell some t-shirts at the start of last year he's a champion fella I, I, I don't know him personally but, but I know him through mates of mates a good mate of mine was his best man at his wedding um, I know he's a very good fella champion bloke but in this moment very very disappointing um, I believe he's off contract at the end this season. I think this will be the last game that he plays of rugby league this year. So I hope someone does sign him because he has been a good guy for a very long time and it would be disappointing to see his career end on this note. Who's going to be willing to sign him? I'm not sure but I think there's a lot of clubs that could do much worse than to have an experienced front rower like him in their squad. I understand the money, the deal's got to be right but I hope that I hope that this isn't the last moment we ever see of James Tamer walking off uh, the SCG for a brain explosion. Not um, not excusing it. I think it's absolute dog shit. You can't do it. You've got to be better than that. Uh, but I would be disappointed if this is how the career of James Tamer finishes. It will be interesting to see how the NRL handles this one. It's obviously we had the Brandon Smith incident a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had a similar one with Dane Gagai. I know we've had one with James Tamu. So that's three in a couple of weeks. As I said then, I'll say it again. It's definitely a problem in rugby league and we need to get it fucking sorted because it's embarrassing For the Sydney Roosters, Nat Butcher. Four meat pies. How good. The Southeastern Seagull. I thought he was fantastic in this game. I thought the halves were really good. Uh, in particular, Luke Keary. I thought he was fantastic. We talk about, you know, back in the day when Rugby League Week used to give out 10 out of 10s. Very, very rare. I think Nat Butcher, Angus Crichton, and Luke Keary they would have at least got nines. And I think there was an argument for them to potentially get 10s. I thought the two edge back rowers were sensational. Angus, probably the best game he's played in quite some time. Uh, Kirie he was just all over the place. Hi, oh, obviously, Captain Sam Walker in Supercoach. He did very well no doubt about it but just because I I was there at the game I was at the SCG I was up high so I was looking down and you know it's hard to see the players at the best of times at the SCG when you're that high even harder Um, and yeah I kept thinking oh that's Sam Walker and then he'd turn around and it'd be it'd it'd be Luke Kiery. he was just on fire he was all over the place Kiery' best game of footy he's played in a long time in my opinion I was very very impressed with him despite it being a real flat track Um, maybe this is the sort of games that the Roosters need heading into finals so Connor Watson's came on he scored one of the softest tries I've ever, ever seen, as did Drew Hutchinson, so uh, very little excuses for the West Tigers, just a dismal performance. The Roosters, you can only play what's in front of you, they absolutely gave into them. 72 points is pretty damn impressive, considering it was only 6-0 at the 18th minute, uh, and 30-0 at half-time. I mean, they won the second half 42-6, to they scored more than a point a minute, the Sydney Roosters, in the second half, so... Yeah, disappointing for the West Tigers. Uh, they're one of those teams that their season is done and dusted. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what you say about the West Tigers. But the Roosters, a real confidence builder there, heading in the right direction. All right, Sunday afternoon, Dragons, 46 over the Gold Coast, 26. thought this was a really good game. I thought, like, I remember during the week looking at the Sunday games, going Dragons, Gold Coast, Raiders, Knights, my God. Sunday might be the most boring day of all time compared to Saturday. Sunday was like fucking Super Bowl. It was unreal. Uh, Amon, his great form continues. He's really finding confidence over the last few weeks, which is great for the Dragons, you know, heading into the future, but also for Tonga. They've got a World Cup coming up at the end of the year, and he's going to be the main guy there. So, very, very exciting for Tonga and for the Dragons. I thought Brimson, his touches at the moment are just unbelievable. He is so fucking talented. I don't know what position he plays next year. I'm not, I am not. I think he's a better fullback than he is a six, but they obviously want to keep Campbell in this side. Uh, you've then got Toby Sexton. You've got Kieran Foran. You would assume that if Foz is coming to this club, he'd probably be the seven. Where does that leave Sexton? Where does that leave Brims, uh, Brimson? The music's going to stop on the Gold Curse next year and someone's going to be without a seat. It'll be very, very interesting to see who it is. I think Brimson has to be in this side somewhere. And I'm starting to worry that Toby Sexton might be another one of these Gold Curse halfbacks with so much potential that just doesn't quite live up to it or the Gold Curse kind of bottle it a little bit. Hopefully I'm wrong, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Tau Tau Moga, three tries. How good? Great to see. Uh, injury has fucked this guy around beyond belief throughout his career. I still remember him when he was 15, 16. He was an absolute freak coming through the rooster system. Went to a heap of clubs, just got injured, injured, injured. And at every single club, he'd show you a little burst of what he can do. I remember a night for the Broncos. He absolutely carved when Wayne Bennett was coaching. I then remember for the Newcastle Knights, he had a couple of games at left centre where he exploded. He's always been incredibly talented. Just injuries have held him back. So well done to Tau Tau Moga. Great to see. Jack Bird was everywhere, floating all around the park. I thought he was extremely damaging. Uh, David Fafita gave the Gold Coast Titans a little, little taste of what he can do once again. But we get to... Too many tastes, not enough buffets for me from Fafita. Uh, we need to see more of it and more consistently. I just, it just gets more and more frustrating to watch. And it's not all on Fafita. I'm not, I'm not piling it all on him, uh, but he is just so talented. I actually thought today he was probably more involved than what he has been in the past, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, Jesus, tough to watch. When you know what he can do, and you only see it here and there, it can be disappointing. Other side of the park, both firm or shining light on this side. I thought he was sensational once again. If you could take the body and the ability of David Fafita and put it with the mentality of Bo Furmore. I'm telling you, you could have the best back rower in this competition. 46-26, uh, the Dragons way. They obviously had Molo, who he was sent from the field at the back end, a fair send-off, I thought. and um, They still managed to defend up and play well there. Obviously a game that really has no relevance towards the top eight or anything, so a bit of a shit fight there. But a good quality game, better than all the games on Saturday for me. Last game of the week. Canberra Raiders, Newcastle Knights up there in Newcastle. They started really well in Newcastle. Their first 25 minutes was sensational. Good ball movement. They looked like they were keen to play. Looked like they'd come to play for the first time in a couple of weeks. They also didn't have it easy. Tyson Brazil got ruled out late. Uh, So, you know, in warm-up and everything. So, very, very tough. Um, But, yeah, after the first 25 minutes, I mean, it all sort of... Fell apart after that, didn't it? I thought Sebastian Chris, he had a great game. Uh, got up high for one. Beat Gagai one-on-one for another one, which Gago probably hasn't been in the greatest form from about round five onwards. I think it's sort of similar to the Newcastle Knights in general. But I thought Seb Chris, he was very, very impressive. Um, 22-8 to at halftime. Newcastle's way, 22-8. to 14-point lead. They had him. They lose 28-22. to 22. It was 20 nil in the second half. Uh, some individuals really stood up for the Raiders. I thought Tapane and Papaliti through the middle, they were immense as per usual. If they do make finals, they're going to be a pain in the ass. Hudson Young's a freak. I said it a couple of weeks ago. He'd be my smoky to take on the World Cup Tour. I really hope they pick him. I know that he's going to probably miss finals this year and there's going to be, you know, Eight or so other back rollers are going to get a couple of weeks to show what they can do, but I'd be taking Hudson Young. I think he could come back as a real quality footballer. Uh, scored a cracking try. Once again, a grubber out of dummy half that he had to jump out of the field of play to put back in. He's the toughest bloke on the field, and I'll tell you what, he might be the most skillful back rower on the field every time he walks on there as well. Very, very impressive. Corey Horsburgh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Fuck, he's a goer. It's always good to have a big red nut in your side who's angry. Loved watching him play. He went 100%. He's just a great character in rugby league. You might not love everything he does, but fuck, there's no argument for me that he's entertaining as all hell. Shout out to Jack White. Game was on the line. Their season was in the balance. He gets the ball on about the 35-meter line on his own end. Left foot footer down that corridor. Really shit spot as a 5'8 to try and hit a 40-20. It just went all chips in. I love that mentality. I know that he kicked it out on the full. I know a lot of people bagged him in that moment, but... I love that that guy's trying to win the game of football for his team and that he's happy to wear it if it goes wrong. And like a true winner, Jack And only a couple of minutes later, granted it wasn't a huge play, but guess who crosses the stripe to score the match winner, Jack Whiten. So a great little bounce back there. I am all for guys who, when the game is on the line, they want the ball in their hands, and they want to take a risk to come up with a big play. So, what under Jack White for bouncing back in that one? Uh, Yeah, good win by the Canberra Raiders. Newcastle, they can take positives out of it. I know it's frustrating as hell how your season has played out, but, fuck, you played good footy for the first 25, arguably the first 40 minutes. Uh, You can take that as a little win. Yes, you faded in the second half. Very disappointing. This Raiders team, they're not a bad outfit, though. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to find silver linings for you, Newcastle Knights fan I know it's been a brutally tough year for you guys and I mean I don't know what's tougher, the weekends or or the weekdays it's just been a shit fight the last few weeks so uh, take the silver linings out of the first half there Um, still only beaten by six points in the game at the back end we're starting to see a couple of youngsters coming through that look reasonably talented hopefully they're able to stay there and play long term next year you get Kurt Mann, KP these sort of guys back Adam Elliott comes into the side as well I think he'll be fantastic for the Newcastle Knights it'll mean that you can shift Kurt Mann to plug a hole. Somewhere else, you've got a few holes that can be plugged, so getting Kurt Mann into those and Jaden Braley, you know, with a full preseason and everything behind his belt, hopefully, it's a better signs for Newcastle. Canberra keep their season alive, they, they cannot lose a game from here, they just need to keep winning. And if they do, I reckon there's a good chance one of these other teams will drop out of the top eight. Obviously, Brisbane they're sort of struggling a little bit at the moment, so the potential that Canberra could jump the Brisbane Broncos, but. They need to keep winning. I think they take on the Manly Seagulls next week, and then I've got no idea who they played in the last week. Can't remember. Uh, but a big game next week against Manly, who are also battling. So a big opportunity for Canberra. Guys, that'll do us for our rapid review. Uh, we'll be going into Bloke and Studios a little bit later today to record the deep review. So stay tuned for that one on the Rugby League Guru Podcast.